You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, Feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit, where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I'm Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film by Connor AgriScience, and you're listening to the Dairy Voice Podcast, a production of Dairy Business News. Today, we're talking about one or maybe the most expensive input on dairy farms of all sizes, and that is feed. I don't have to tell you how important it is to take care of your feeds, but we're here to help with that challenge. So my guest today is Amanda Mitcheltree of Dairy One. Amanda, thank you for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Connie. I'm really looking forward to it today. Please, Amanda, tell me a little bit about yourself and and what Dairy One is and offers to farmers. Yep. So myself, I was born and raised in the dairy industry. Both sides of my family have been involved in the dairy industry. I still have family members milking cows in western Pennsylvania today. And my love of cows and all things dairy led me to Virginia Tech, where I studied dairy science. And in that time, I got an interest in nutrition and began, began in the nutrition field shortly after college. I worked as a dairy nutritionist for a number of years in the mid-Atlantic and southeast regions of the U.S., and then eventually that led me here to Dairy One, where I am today. I primarily work on our feeding management software with farms in the northeast and throughout the country, and then I also work with our herd management as well. And Dairy One is a cooperative. We offer a variety of tools and solutions to help farms of all types and sizes make informed decisions. So from analyzing milk and feed to finished product testing, our lab services assist farmers with animal health decisions. And then our integrated farming solutions team, which I'm a part of, can provide herd and feed software management support, as well as network solutions and cameras. So at our core, Dairy One aims to provide farmers with the information they need to manage their farms. I took that really to heart when I joined Dairy One as well. There's nothing more um, that I love than helping dairy farmers and working with dairy farmers and talking with dairy farmers, helping bring them solutions in any way that I can and assisting them um, in any way that I can as well. Sounds like very interesting work. Do you love it? I do. I really do. I I love nothing more than working with dairy farmers. So that's just the cherry on top every day. Well, let's dive into the, the, the topic that we have today. I guess the first thing is, what challenges do you foresee this year, especially this year, when it comes to feeding programs? I think here we are um, at the end of Q1 in 2023, 
everyone's still a little anxious to see what the rest of the year brings coming off of 2022. But I think one of the major things, of course, on everyone's mind for this year is, of course, the high input costs, particularly on the feedstuffs, so the commodities, the byproduct side of things, you know, coupled with what milk price uh, predictions are looking like this year, coupling that with our high input costs, where that's going to put our dairy producers. We do see commodity markets out there today, you know, maybe seeing a little decrease in the futures. Um, on the commodity side, so we're hoping that that does come to fruition here in 2023. We know that um, there was a record crop in South America last year on both the soybean and corn side of things, and that's going to be coming to the table as well. Uh, also on the crop input side, as we know and are well aware of, the past few years, crop inputs have really taken an increase, whether that be fuel, fertilizer, anything like that on the crop input side. I think we're going to continue to have challenges with that and have to learn how to deal with that, unfortunately. Um, the other facet of that, too, and of course, we can't control this one potentially as much as others, but is the weather, as we know. As we look at um, coming off of 2022, there was many parts of the country that experienced very dry uh, months, very dry weeks and years as well as as we look into already the first part of 2023, as this is being recorded here in March, we know that California is already going through major water challenges in a way that they haven't experienced in many, many years. And what is that going to bring to the table for the rest of the year? Um, the last challenge that I would say is definitely more of a minor challenge than the other ones that I mentioned there, but I'm seeing uh, farmers dealing with equipment in terms of they're ordering new mixer wagons, they're ordering that, and just the supply of that. You know, they're being told that it's going to be there in a few months and it ends up being six months, nine months out. And so really trying to prepare ahead of time for that and trying to make those purchasing decisions maybe ahead of when you need them to prepare for the coming months. You, a couple of points you made there. Um, I'm in California and the water out here, you know, we prayed and prayed for years for God to give us water. And he said, here, have it. Yeah. And so now we have it. And um it is a challenge, not just with the short term, but with the long term, with the crops that that have been damaged or destroyed. And so um, that's something. But also, I never thought about the equipment side of things. That's interesting. Yeah, there's been many farms that I've talked with over the past even year. So like I said, they've had mixers on order. They've been on a boat somewhere. They've been coming from Europe. And it's kind of putting a lag time on their preparation for that. Have you run out of silage, had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy. Pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, safer silage with Seal Pro. Learn more at SealProSilage.com. So, supply chain is still an issue after. Still being impacted. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, very, very interesting. So as these farmers face these challenges, how can they simplify their feeding programs to kind of work around some of these challenges? Yeah, so I think one thing that I think of really in the simplifying of feeding programs, and it's really on a um, right at the farm level basis. So we just worked with a customer just here within the past weeks that comes to mind, and they have ingredients located 
all over the farm, different ingredient locations. So we've really been trying to work with them in terms of how can we uh, simplify that for the feeder so that they're not being inefficient with their time of moving all over the farm where those uh, ingredients are located, making sure that they're in the order that they need to be to be mixed well um, and accurate, but being able to simplify that and make that more efficient for them at the same time. Right, so you're talking about a feed center. Yes, yes. So they don't have a feed center, a really core feed center on their, their dairy. So they have a few bins here, a few bunks here, uh, this here and that. And it's really just taking them some time going from location to location, rather than if it was potentially in a feed center or a more central location on the dairy. Right, right. I can see, I've heard a lot of talk about uh, designing feed centers, not only for um, accuracy in feeding, but for the labor uh, time issues and, and yeah. wear and tear on equipment, I would guess. Yep, absolutely. And you're exactly right. That's been more and more of a things that you've seen in magazines over the past two years, as far as some of these large scale feed centers. And the other reason for that too, has also been the shrink factor, you know, so they're having it under roof so that some of that um, ingredient isn't blowing away, isn't being taken away by birds or anything like that. I've been a really core piece of those feed centers as well. Okay, so that kind of leads into my next um, topic or question here is, what are the important metrics or KPIs? What is a KPI in the first place for feeding? And, and how can we adjust the losses that we see on farms? So I think I, I have about three that come to mind when I think about those. So Number one is some of the times that come along with the, the metrics on feeding. So I'm talking mix time particularly. So a few facets of that mix time. So start to finish of the actual, you've loaded the ingredients and how long is that taking to mix? And then that delivery time is the next piece as well. So how long is it taking to get out to the cows throughout the day? And then the other thing when I think about that mix time too, is it is it being over mixed for that particle length? We know how important mm -hmm. that is in a ration. So is it being overmixed? Is it not being mixed enough? I think that's one of the key points of when we think about mixing time. Two of the other things that I think of are important metrics or KPIs to be considered when feeding are what I kind of just mentioned there when we talked about the feeding center is the ingredient strength. Um, so this takes a longer term to evaluate. That's not something that you're going to see necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis and be able to evaluate that. But what is that strength number? As we talked about already with what we know input costs are and input prices are and what those commodities are, that number becomes even more and more important as those numbers continue to rise. And then the third piece that I look at in terms of metrics, or I think is a metric that is really important when we talk about feeding, is that refusal percentage. So you'll hear a lot of consultants out there and nutritionists talk about that two to five percent number. Um, I think that is a metric, though, that can be turned around rather quickly. So that's one that is evaluated on a daily basis or I feel should be evaluated on a daily basis, looking at what that refusal piece is, evaluating that the next day to say, okay, do we need to increase intake numbers? Do we need to decrease those in order to help with that refusal number? Right. So you talked about uh, doing this quickly. How quickly can we reduce um, losses with these kinds of things? I think uh, it really depends on the one. So refusal, I think within a matter of a few days, you can be adjusting those to increase that metric or improve that metric. As far as ingredient strength, though, that's one that's definitely going to be a longer term. You know, you're going to be in needing to evaluate that over weeks and a month's basis, um, more so than a day-to-day -day basis on that one. That's really evaluating, you know, what feed has been brought in 
and what feed is going out. And we'll talk about that more, I'm sure, in the tools that are available, uh, particularly on the inventory management side of things. Right, right. Okay, well, let's go into the tools. So what kind of um, resources are available to me if I'm a dairy farmer to, um, to avoid these shrink losses and to um, work with my employees on feeding protocols? I think the number one, one that, of course, I think about because I work on a day-to-day basis is feeding software options. So when we talk about shrink specifically, uh, are those diets being fed accurate? You know, this diet called for 3,000 pounds of corn silage. And then by using that tool of software, we're able to say, okay, they were only fed 2,500 pounds of corn silage or they were fed 4,000 pounds of corn silage. Being accurate on those numbers to really track that. On the inventory management piece as well of Shrink, uh, we work with a system that is called FeedLink, and it has a few components to it, uh, but one of the pieces is a truck scale inventory management piece. So that helps them utilize their commodities and their forage inventory, so they're able to say, okay, XYZ vendor brought in this truck on Monday with X amount of thousands of pounds on it. We should be out in 10 days. So when day eight rolls around and they're out of that feed, we can go back and say, hey, you know, something happened here that this feed did not last us. So I think that is a huge um, factor, a huge tool that can be used on farms. And really the truck scale piece, you know, maybe more for a larger farm size. But I think the feeding software size or feeding software piece, excuse me, can be used on all sizes of dairies in order to track that information. Sure. And sometimes I think that uh, we talk about large large dairies, but the small dairies have to uh, have to watch those kinds of things, too, to be efficient. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You're correct on that, Connie. Few, a few other resources that I think are available to farms today um, to help avoid or mitigate some of those feeding protocols, I should say, is one is TMR audits. So there's many companies out there today that offer TMR audits. Essentially, someone comes out to the dairy, works or watches that feeder all day long, tracks those mixing times, watches the mixer, um, how it's mixing, things like that, and then provides a really nice summary following that to the management team in terms of what's being done. You know, where are the gaps? What was the feeder doing well? Um, what areas of opportunity are there? Um, at Dairy One, we don't quite offer a TMR audit, but we do do a mixer audit. So a colleague of mine, uh, very mechanically inclined, will go out to the dairy, take a look at their mixer wagon, make sure that their knives are sharpened enough, take a look at the calibration, make sure that all of that is in par because, you know, feeding software is great, all these other tools are great, but at the root of it, if that mixer wagon is not operating as it should, that creates a whole other string of problems as well. And let's face it, I think it's important that those employees understand why it's important that they're doing their job so well. And and uh, and how can we communicate that to employees about about their the importance of mixing feed? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Connie, because as I think about some of these other conversations, one of my favorite parts of the job is working with the people and specifically the feeders. You know, as a previous nutritionist, you know, I really came to love working with the feeders and really helping them understand why they do what they do and really how important their job is every single day. You know, as a nutritionist knows, they can bring out that diet that they've worked on for hours and they think it's the greatest thing and they're going to help the dairy make all of this milk. But uh, you've got a feeder there that if for some reason he does not want to feed that diet or, you know, the, the process is complicated and he has to go from place to place to place, 
um, suddenly that diet is completely not what it was supposed to be. You know, so really having them realize their role and truly how important it is to the dairy and realize their importance and their why to me really hits home. I just, that's just a piece of me that I really enjoy doing and working with them on. Very good. Yes. I, I think I agree. That's uh, if we could, if we can help understand people, why their job's important, I think that goes a long way. Um, so are there tools that are, that are simplifying feed management on large dairy farms? So one of them that comes to mind, and I'm going to back up a step. Uh, one, one other resource that I guess I wanted to mention earlier, and while a lot of the large farms are utilizing it, it doesn't necessarily have to be large farms, is cameras. So this is one that's becoming more and more popular, cameras on the feed bunk. So it doesn't matter what the, the size of, to me, of the dairy is in this one. You can put cameras on those bunks. So it's great. You know, your feed got delivered at what time you think it should have. It was accurate, but then suddenly that feed has not got pushed up the entire day. And so that's just as much of a part of it and just as important to me as that feed delivery is. So putting those cameras on the bunk, being able to evaluate that throughout the day, I think is a really key piece. And it's a rather cost-effective and inexpensive investment to make right off the bat than maybe a feeding software or things like that are. Well, and I think I would guess that not only it it, it won't be able to help you monitor what's how the feed is being delivered and pushed up, but maybe it maybe it helps also to show how the cows are handling that ration and sifting yes. and all that kind of thing that goes on. Absolutely. There, there's other pieces that could come to that as well. You know, lock up times on the headlocks as well, seeing that in the camera, anything like that. The cameras just cameras are a really valuable resource that I think sometimes people don't they just don't think about simply. And um, like I said, it's really a rather inexpensive tool to implement very quickly and right off the bat and see return on it as well. Amanda, are there other feed management tips that you have for large dairy farms? Yeah, so I think back to that question of um, simplifying feed management on large dairy farms. I already talked about the feeding management software. I think how important that is. Of course, I feel that's important working with that every day. Um, but the, really that return on investment as well is a very short turnaround time for that to pay off. And I think that's a great way to incentivize your employees potentially or motivate them as well. You know, maybe create a little bit of competition amongst them as well. When you get them engaged and involved in understanding their why and doing their part, showing them, hey, you have been accurate 10 out of the past 12 days and very accurate at that, not just subpar accurate. I think that is so important. The tools that can come along with that, as I already talked about, the truck scale piece could be, is a very relevant tool for large dairies today. You know, those dairies are bringing truckloads of feed in every single day and week. Being able to accurately track that, being able to track that also in real time, that's one thing that I hear a lot. You know, we're having this feed delivered on Monday. We're already out of it on Thursday, and I've never got the feed ticket ordered. You know, how important that real-time usage is as well. Another piece that can come along with that that maybe isn't necessarily relevant to large dairy farms, but I think it very well can be, is uh, more and more things, of course, are being remotely controlled, one of those being feed bins. Uh, that's a part that can come along with this system as well. So uh, essentially the, the feeder pulls up to the grain bin, um, hits the button, turns on the bin, and the bin knows when to turn that off as well as it reaches that threshold, increases efficiency and that feeder not having to get out of the, the mixer or the cab 
in order to turn on and off those augers and of course should improve your accuracy as well on there. So I think systems like that are huge on dairy farms, large dairy farms in particular, in terms of simplifying that feed management. So we talked a little bit about nutritionists and uh, I'd like to know what you think your nutritionist should be telling dairy farmers. First, I think the term telling is interesting. You know, first they need to be bringing that information, uh, new research, new products, um, market trends. They need to be bringing that to the farm gate. You know, that is part of their rule, in my opinion, is evaluating that information that is out there and filtering through what is real and relevant and what is maybe not as relevant to these users. And as we know, that can really differ from farm to farm. What's relevant for one farm may not be relevant for another. So being being able to decipher that information for each and every one of your customers as well. Then I think the other piece of that, and, I, and that's why I kind of started out with the interesting and telling, I think what is so important is listening to your customers, listening to the folks that you work with. You know, again, you can have these these great ideas and what you want the dairy to do and, and what you want them to achieve. But if it's not what they want to do, it's not going to work. Um, listening to their goals and their wants and their why and their objectives is so very important, I feel. Um, so then mitigating that, you're bringing this information to them, you're listening to them and their goals. So working together and how are you able to achieve those goals together? Um, there might have to be some give and take on each side of what you want and what they want, but working to get, working together to bring that common ground and reaching as many goals as you can together, I think is very important for what that nutritionist should be bringing to the farm every day or every time they're there. Right, right. So communication is very important and, um, and having that nutritionist be uh, open and, and able to describe different things that bring different things to the, uh, to the dairy is important. Yeah. Um, I think if I can sure. um, just expand on that a little bit, you know, bringing those options, I think is important to the dairy too, you know, knowing your producers. So some might like three options, you know, is that a little bit more work? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's what they want and it is their operation and their business. Um, so bringing those different byproduct options to them, bringing those different commodity options to them, thinking outside of the box for them. You know, maybe you haven't done it this way, but maybe we should. I think team meetings are so very important on both the farm level and on the second layer as well. So when we talk about the feeding staff, uh, both the ones that are harvesting that feed, putting it in the bunk, the ones that are delivering the feed every single day, having those meetings. And then on the second layer of that, those team meetings with your consultant. So the producer, the consultant, the uh, nutritionist, the veterinarian, the ag lender, you know, really making sure that you guys are all hitting on those goals and, and bringing that value and service to the farmer that you want to bring to them as well. I think you hit it on the head with the open communication as well. Personally, I don't feel that nutritionist necessarily has to be at the farm every single week. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't shoot each other a text or talk throughout the week. Um, I used to have customers that would even send me WhatsApp messages. You know, they would record a 30 minute, you know, or 30 second, excuse me, uh, message, send it my way. And, and that's how they wanted to communicate. That's how they felt comfortable communicating, which was fine too. And then the other piece I just think is important of that too is holding each other accountable. 
So, you know, they want to hold you accountable to your diet and your ration and that you're making X amount of pounds and X components. But you also need to be holding them accountable. You know, I, I think back to the pushing up feed. That That is a part of the puzzle. That is a piece of it as well, you know, and everything that way. So holding each other accountable and just having that that good relationship of not necessarily hurting each other's feelings per se when you're holding each other accountable, but realizing that it's for the greater good and reaching each other's goals. We've been talking today about feeding programs, about implementing them, working with nutritionists and the resources to take care of your feeds on the farm. Is there anything that you'd like to add, Amanda, that we didn't cover? I think we've really covered the major things. I think we all know that feed is the number one or one of the largest expenses on the farm. And it's so important to keep evaluating it continuously and not staying stagnant, looking for new options, new scenarios, new tools to help you just really stay relevant in the industry today on that side of things. Right. You know, one thing we didn't talk about um, is safety on the farm with feed. And do you have any comments about that? Um, how we can help our employees stay safe around feed. One thing that I see more and more, um, and it doesn't just have to be applied to the feed area, but is the high visibility, um, whether it be vests, whether it be shirts, anything like that. We all know there's a lot of equipment and machinery running on the farms at all times. And we all think that, you know, everyone sees you or, or they know when you're backing up or they know when you're right behind them. And that's not the case. That's a very simple way to just add one more layer of protection to yourself to make sure you're being safe. Of course, the faces of silos, you know, I've been on on dairies where, you know, I know unfortunately I'm not interested in going close to that face just because of their their silo management, you know, really keeping that in mind. And I think that goes back to your feeding team as well, educating them on that as well. You might just assume that your team members know that as well and realize that, but everyone gets a little bit sloppy or lazy from time to time. You get in a hurry, you start moving tires off the bunk. You're not, you know, you're, you're just trying to get onto your next, next task and really helping them again, just realize the importance of that and keeping that in mind. I think is huge and, and you're right. We didn't talk about that, but it's something that needs to be talked about more and more all the time. Right. I agree. Well, thank you for joining me on the Dairy Voice podcast by Dairy Business News, Amanda. Yes. Thank you, Connie, for having me. I really enjoyed it. I've been talking with Amanda Mitchell Tree of Dairy One, and I am Connie Cooper with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Films by Connor AgriScience. So everyone, please stay dry, stay warm, stay safe, and I'll be talking with you soon.